1: Welcome to the Terrible Podcast Season 14, Episode 26. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Cazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday, Steelers Nation. Dave, short turnaround for us on the podcast, Tuesday to Wednesday. It's only been 24 hours, but a lot has occurred. A couple of Steelers roster moves. We both uh, you know, did our deep dive into the all 22. So, so much for us to talk about. How are you doing?
0: doing very well i got like five hours of sleep last night uh so that's uh good and uh boy uh the de- the night after uh games is probably the best night isn't it because you can sit there especially the way things worked out last night i think we were both kind of lock and step uh in, <laughs> in, in in uh the offensive tape last night oh and uh, i had already done pretty much got most of my defensive uh, uh, looks out of the way. And I think you went back in and noticed a couple things today. So we should have a good talk today about... What else uh, showed up on the all 22 and start slowly looking ahead towards the Raiders game? And as you mentioned, there's some, uh, I also feel good because I have complete le- completeness now as well, too, with the old OCD and all the Steelers got their roster back to, <laughs> <laughs> back to 53. So uh, I, I don't feel so uh, uneven at this point.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh's roster is now full from a 53-man roster perspective, signing two players, one in-house, one external. The in-house is nose-tackle Braden Fahoko being signed off the practice squad Pittsburgh with the NFL's worst run defense through the first two weeks, allowing 386 yards on the ground at San Francisco and Cleveland. So Fahoko will provide some reinforcements as that classic old-school plugger and also Plucked off the Atlanta Falcons practice squad is running back Godwin Iguabuque and he's going to probably do some return work, maybe some other special teams work to help replace Anthony McFarland, who is on IR. I know he's been kind of a core teams guy for them, and so Iguabuque will be the new name to the roster.
0: Yeah, and... Going to be interesting to see how they juggle things now. Obviously, Gunnar Olszewski coming uh, in, in concussion protocol. Probably expect to see that on the Wednesday injury report. Uh, you know, Didn't do himself any favors with that kickoff uh, return the other the other night against uh, the Browns there. Uh, Godwin's got plenty of experience kickoff return. So, I mean, it's still early in the week, obviously. But uh, if you're going to have a third running back, uh, active and dressed, and want him to be able to function on special teams. You could probably kill two birds with one stone there uh, uh, with him. And uh, as far as the Braden Fajoco, uh, I haven't gotten into much into the Raiders tape yet, but they, uh, they, they don't run as much outside zone. I don't believe, do they?
1: I haven't gotten into too much of their offense yet. I don't believe they're the zone heavy team the way that uh, Cleveland was. They're probably more gap power, which is going to be in Fajoco's wheelhouse. I that's
0: that's where I'm thinking as well too. And uh, I think we could uh, definitely see Fajoco get a helmet, but once again, we we'll have to go. We we'll have to do the hard math and see how the injury report plays out. But uh, mm-hmm. they are back to uh, back to a 53 man uh, active roster again.
1: Yeah, you're right. We'll talk about it more for Friday's show, but they're not going to, in all likelihood, unless injuries really dictate it, have seven defensive alignment active in this game. Although, I don't know. I mean, if you're getting you know, rolled against the run as much as you are, maybe you have all seven active and you can find a way to do it and try to rotate and have people for all situations. So we'll wait and see on that. Um, there overall, in Pittsburgh will have their first injury report today, and so we'll start to get a lay of the land. I expect it to be a, probably a pretty lengthy list, You know, the short week, the really physical game. Against Cleveland, um, we went through the notable injuries that Mike Tomlin talked about on Tuesday.
0: I would suppose that uh, they have a practice squad move coming today as well, too, wouldn't they?
1: That's true. Yeah, with Vahoko being called up or signed off the practice squad, that is going to open a spot there. Uh, maybe some tryouts will come in today. I don't believe Pittsburgh actually officially had tryouts on Tuesday, probably because of the whole Monday situation, that quick turnaround to try to find people, get people in that may occur actually today. I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, several tryouts, maybe a signing uh, for the practice squad today.
0: All right. And, uh, Dr. Mel's got a great post up this morning about uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, right?
1: Yeah, outlines the uh, you know chest injury that uh, you know some of the stuff he might have been going through and the timetable and you know can he play Sunday and her bottom line is that you know th- there's reason to be optimistic. I think obviously Minka w- avoided clearly any sort of serious injury and much of the hospital visit was all precautionary, but uh, not ruling him out to play against the Raiders Sunday night.
0: And I guess uh, we'll we've got probably another day and a half of the scuttlebutt about people. Um uh, trying to accuse Makeham Fitzpatrick of being dirty uh on 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 the play with uh Nick Chubb, right?
1: Yeah, I mean again, we shared our thoughts on that. I don't think you can make any reasonable case that's a dirty play. It's an unfortunate play, but you know, safety going low on a running back near the goal line, that's what safeties do when you're facing Nick Chubb, such a big, powerful, bruising runner. You know, you have no idea when his knee's gonna plant the way that you're kind of rolling into that. So no malicious intent at all. Um, I mean I'm not even going to go down the road, but but you know James Harrison was talking about you know they they've legislated it so much where you can't hit high. The guys start going low, and and unfortunately that kind of goes for the knees more often. But again, I make mean, his intent is not to to injure or to have that kind of outcome. He's just trying to get a ball ball carrier on the ground.
0: What did Vince Williams tweet about that in the last 24 hours or something like that? He says I've been ran over by Nick Chubb several <laughs> times. Tackling him, tackling him up high is not the best decision. He says injuries happen. Running backs are the least protected position on offense. Tell your kids to play another position. Boy, but that's a yeah. little that's a little lengthy to put on a bumper sticker, but I think it's effective.
1: Yeah, I think it's worth it overall. Certainly, I mean, in terms of the order of what position your kid should should play in sports, it's like left handed pitcher and like running backs at the bottom of that list. Long I don't know
0: snappers if- rates are higher than than, <laughs> than running back. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Look, de- look, if you could get your if kid doing anything, probably be a left handed golfer, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, would would probably be up there, but uh, then probably a left-handed pitcher would be up there. And then obviously, if you're getting into the uh, uh in 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 into the uh, NFL uh, realm, if you could get him to play quarterback, fantastic. If he's going to play on the defensive side of the ball, uh, probably a defensive tackle or an, an edge rusher, right? So, uh, for any of you listening uh, with uh with with young kids, you're welcome.
1: Yeah, but all I know is running back is at the bottom of that list. I don't know what's in between, don't know exactly what's at the top, but uh, I I echo that. And and Minka's been run over by Chubb before. Remember the playoff game and was at 2020? You know, Chubb is gotten his so again i think it's much to do about nothing i mean i think most of those anyone accusing mink of doing anything malicious or dirty it's a the emotion an emotional reaction probably from browns fans seeing their guy nick chubb who again fantastic player fantastic person you hate to see that for him you wish him the speediest of recoveries It's probably just kind of a venting frustration anger that comes out of that um, and then just because it's the Steelers and the Browns and this rivalry and, and all that kind of stuff probably boils over as well.
0: How about tell your quarterback not to grab on the face mask? How's that?
1: And then don't blame Pittsburgh for grabbing the face mask. I don't even <laughs> understand. I mean, grabbing the face mask is one thing, but somehow blaming the Steelers for that is just uh, insanity.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, you know, Steelers versus any AFC North team. You Stuff like this. Uh, happen. You're going to have both sides going at, at each other. All right. Enough. Enough with that nonsense.
1: Let's mention one injury thing before we get into the all 22, maybe a bit shorter show today since we covered so much ground on Tuesday show. But Cam Hayward was back for his uh, not just football podcast, which actually was all about football. Basically today, his first basically media appearance since landing on injured reserve, having the groin surgery last Thursday, expected the return around Thanksgiving. Although don't tell that to Cam Hayward. He's saying timetables are for other people. Quote, I make my own. And so he's talked about how he's been cleared earlier to return from every injury he's ever had. And he's not giving a timetable. He's not saying exactly when he thinks he'll be back. But it's safe to say he probably wants to beat the quote-unquote expectations for when he's supposed to return.
0: What was the exact quote on the t- on the timetables from him?
1: Uh, let me pull it up here. Quote, there's timetables out there, but I'm not a regular person. Every injury I've been part of, I've been cleared earlier. It's not going to stop me from working. Timetables are for other people. I make my own. End quote. Uh, all
0: right. I'm not, I'm not a bumper, not a long bumper sticker. A <laughs> l- little bit wordy to put on a T-shirt maybe. But uh, look, I, I, I wouldn't doubt him. But uh, you know, I, as we know he's going to miss at least the next three games. And uh obviously the 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 speculation ahead of that was to expect him to miss around eight. So we'll just we'll just see.
1: Yeah. I mean he can obviously return earlier than that, so you know, has, has to, you know, get designated to return and start practicing and that'll be the guide for us getting an understanding of when he may return. But hopefully the sooner the better. Obviously, and he also said he's not gonna rush it and, and be stupid about this, but I mean, this run defense without Cam Hayward is going to be going to be pretty rough, I think, until he comes back.
0: I would agree. And looking at the tape, uh, uh, you know, on the defensive side of football and look, you got a young kid in there. I think you pointed out this morning on Twitter uh, uh, with uh, Keanu Benton and <laughs> they, tr- they were trying their best to get him. Uh, yeah, that's one of those instances where you just need a uh, we've seen in the past uh, just run up and smack him on the butt. Right.
1: Right. Remember yeah, Vince yeah. Williams. He yeah. could get your attention. That's a guy that would get your attention. I, mean, yeah, I, I to me it was just a, a funny moment Benton not shift shifting the wrong way and then everyone screaming at him to shift over and he just is not hearing it. Right. Um let, let's get into the all 22 though, Dave. I still got to work through some of the defense. I've gotten like halfway through. I've gotten through the entire offense. So let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, though, Dave. What are your impressions? What, is there is there any different feeling? I imagine it's not going to be tremendously better, but is there any different feeling of why this offense is sputtering and struggling?
0: Well, first and foremost, uh, th- you know they got to run. They got to be able to figure out a way to start running the football because uh, I, you know I, that's going to be the single best way to take some of the onus off of the passing game, Kenny Pickett, and 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 all that, and. Uh, they've they've got to figure this out and I did some stats deep deep dive them. If you if, if you already were feeling bad enough uh, about this offense at this point, man, you know, the, the, the rushing game obviously has been 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 non existent right now. And I'm trying to pull up where I had the uh, the post on this. Uh this team has 90- another warning
1: coming in terms of Ooh. kids and faint of heart yeah. and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean it I it it it's probably gonna be like this. We just need to have a standard disclaimer <laughs> uh probably for this podcast uh for the next several weeks until things or hopefully things turn around or, or get somewhat better. But uh this team uh through the first two games uh, has 96 net yards rushing at this point. Now, uh, mixed in with that are three kneel downs for minus three yards. So if you would like to cherry pick and take those away, you're still talking about 99 net yards, uh, rushing, uh, for this team without the kneel downs. Uh, that's obviously, uh, under a hundred, uh, how bad is that, or or uh, how how am I supposed to set up? How or or it's bad, and you're supposed to say how bad? How is bad it? is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh Well, it's so bad that from a historical standpoint, according to Pro Football Reference, the last time the Steelers rushed for less than a hundred total yards through their first two games of a season, talking about weeks one and two, was in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, That 2013 team registered all of 75 net yards on the ground through week two of the season on 31 total attempts, which is the same amount of attempts uh, this 2023 team. Now, moving past 2013, only one other time has a Steelers team rushed for less than 100 yards combined in their first two games since the merger. 1978, I was two. Uh, at the time that season, the 1970 Steelers managed to rush for a combined 89 yards through the first, uh, th- through the team's first two games and on 50 total carries at that, uh, 50, 50 for 89 in 1970. So, what does all this mean? Well, I mean, it, it's not great, Bob. And if this team does not rush for at least 60 yards against the Raiders uh on sunday night we will be talking historically about the steelers worst rushing team through the first 3 games week's 1 through 3 uh of 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 a season if they don't hit 60 and I don't know. You're
1: saying ever.
0: Uh, well, since the merger. You since know. the merger. Okay. Uh, and now now the PFF records go back to 1964, I think. And so it's the worst since, assuming all that's right, it's the worst since 1964. But everybody likes to use since the merger. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'll, I'll use since the merger in 1970 uh, uh, as far as that goes. But uh, look, it, it, I mean, all, all this mumbo jumbo aside, I mean, it's, it's bad. And. They're going to have to figure this thing out now. Uh, the, the The run blocking hasn't been great. The you know, uh, and look, everybody runs the same thing, right? You know, uh, uh, it's it's not like you're going to get that uber creative uh, as far as scheming it up. You're just going to have to start executing and and start blowing people off the ball, and getting getting some yards here. But uh, back back to the uh, original you know point in in, in, in question there. They, I, You know, the best thing to help this offense, I think, is to run the football better and, and and get yourself out of situations where you're having to drop back 40, 50 times a game.
1: Sure. We saw that the first half of last year where Kenny Pickett really struggled. I mean, not that I'm defending Pickett. I think he's struggled mightily and it's been really worrying. But when you have no semblance of a run game, it's hard for your quarterback to really get into a rhythm when you're off schedule and you're in second and third and long as Pittsburgh so often is I'll have some stats on, on the really bad first down production this year. And that follows suit from, from past years. It's hard to, to really establish anything and get, get a drive and a, in a good possession going. So I, I thought though, Pittsburgh ran about every run concept you can run against the Browns. I mean, it was, it was a lot of zone. They ran crunch. They went some wham blocks, the perimeter runs. I didn't like, but they were trying those. They tried that, you know, design. Actually, I think, I, I take back what I said on Tuesday on that failed third and one late in the game. I don't think there was a, a pitch option for Pickett to Washington. I think that was designed for Pickett if he pulls it to carry that one the whole way. But there was that, you know, one thing we haven't seen, and I'm not sure why they've really kind of been anti this, but not many pulling guards, not many gas teams. <laughs> And you have, say, a Molly, you have Daniels, you have athletic guys with some power I mean, it's like the one thing they really haven't done much of. And for a team that wants to play some bully ball, get some down blocks on the front side of pulling guard around the back behind. I think it's a good concept. You should probably try out a little bit.
0: I, I, I would agree. You know how much you know, that wouldn't hurt my feelings, right?
1: Right. Yeah. You love pulling guards, but it's like the one thing. I mean, they, they, they've done everything else in that game. Besides, did they pull the guard once on a run play against the Browns? Uh, they, stat on I,
0: I don't believe they did. I'll have to look.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know against San Francisco, they didn't run the ball much, but I don't know if they pulled in that game. So have they not run one power gap scheme through two games?
0: Uh, Let me see. I'm not going to be able to pull that up on the fly without wasting too much time, but I'll I'll look.
1: Um, So that's surprising. If
0: it has happened, it hasn't happened, but just one or two times.
1: Right. And they didn't do much of it last year. And, and maybe that's just not what Pat Meyer likes to do. He, had the, he controls the run game more than Matt Canada controls the run game. But if your whole ethos of your team is bully ball power, let's be physical. It's not like they're running a Shanahan system where they got small guys that are running zone schemes. You're not going to run power. Okay, that, that, that's something else. But that is surprising with your run game floundering the way that it is. I mean, you might as well at least try it.
0: I would agree, and it'd be interesting to see if they do that. Uh, had to go, and that'll be part of the I think tape study too, to to see if uh uh, uh ha, where the Bills' success came from. But I I and I watched that. I, I had that game on here uh on the big screen, and I don't remember. I can't remember them running that much uh, 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 uh of, of
1: pullers either. Pittsburgh or Buffalo. B- or- Buffalo. Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what their personality is and what all they did in that game. I just know for Pittsburgh because I think, I think they were creative. I mean, I think you can run a bunch of different stuff and I thought Pittsburgh was trying to pull out all the stops to do something. I mean, I think, yeah, just not winning the point of attack. I think linebackers, I'm going to do a video probably on this or an article or some sort of film room where I'm just seeing linebackers run free, both in the 49ers game and in this game, when you have Fred Warner running free, when you have JOK unblock routinely, you're not going to make hay when you got those guys, you know, just reading the running back and, and driving downhill.
0: Oh, yeah. There is at least uh, in, in that Browns game alone, probably four four or five instances of, of unblocked linebackers.
1: Yeah, yeah you just I I don't care what system you have. I don't care what lineman you sign on, I don't care what running back you have. You're not going to win those battles. You know, if you want one on one versus corners, that's fine. Make corners tackle. But you got linebackers free. I don't even care who the linebacker is, but certainly talented ones like Warner, like JOK, you're dead to rights.
0: Uh buffalo also ran for what 183 now you got uh 183 net yards now you got a like a guy like Josh Allen but even Josh Allen did take off but a handful of times i think for 7 yards in that game can you how many how many bills offensive linemen can you can you name
1: no oh man i'm trying to go back Eon Dawkins at left tackle um I mean they played him this year. I don't know how many starters they had in this one. I, I I'm I'm like stuck in like five years ago with Eric Wood and all those guys. And I know that he's no longer um with the team. Is Mitch Morse at center for them? Yes, sir. All right. I'm, I might, I might tap out there. I have not done my bill. I'm not, I, mean, I have no reason to do my bill study right now, but I'm, I'm probably tapped out on those two names right now. You
0: know, they got Torrance at right guard, right?
1: Oh yeah. The rookie, uh, yeah. uh,
0: Brown, the, uh, right tackle. He was, it, isn't that the Brown, the, uh, the small school kid, you and uh,
1: I, the big, big yeah. right back. Well, yeah. Spencer Brown, uh,
0: and McGovern at, at, uh, at, at left guard. One issues. of the
1: Connor McGoverns. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, and, and you had mentioned Dawkins there. So, yeah. uh, but uh, I, I would take a hard look in, uh, at the success that the Bills had and uh, copy, copycat it as, as best as possible and see if you can execute it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll get into our preview on Friday and we'll hopefully talk to a Raiders guy, but I've gone through their defense and they actually are kind of like Buffalo. And, and I was I, because I was doing, you know, advanced quote unquote early tape study because of the whole short week here for, for this Browns game uh, and for the upcoming Raiders game. The Raiders don't play a base 4-3. They, they play nickel. I mean, they are a nickel team. You could be 12 personnel. You could be a 13 personnel. They are going to run their nickel defense with five DBs. They're going to ask Nate Hobbs to kind of be there. Mike Hilton. I think Tomlin compared them to Teron Johnson in, in Buffalo because they're a nickel personality defense. And so if the Raiders are going to stick with that, you better run the heck out of the football because the Raiders, for whatever reason, they don't go really big personnel defensively. Okay. That's something to note. Yeah, that was one of my big takeaways there when I was watching the Raiders. Um, in in, in some early scouting there. What else here from the offense though, Dave? Um, can he they, pick it? In, they, in-
0: yeah, they. Uh, look, I mean, it, it it's it's sort of along the lines of the forty. There were throws there for him to make. Uh, he didn't make it. Make them now. A couple of the things that we we saw, you know, early in the game, you had kind of what that sell to, uh, or the you know the. Let's call it the Gunnar Olszewski play because mm-hmm. it's easy for everybody to identify uh, with that one. There. You know, on that play, I, I really thought uh, he's looking right at it when Pickens is coming out of his break. Now, it's hard to get a eye level view of of of. of uh, site level view, but it, it, it feels like he should have drilled that, uh, uh, to Pickens on that play. And I understand the corner on the other side was starting to sink, but there's still, I mean, there's, there's a lot of space, a lot of space there, Alex, in my opinion. And, uh, I don't know. I I think Kenny talks to media, I think today be interesting Mm -hmm. to see if uh, all of our sleuthing and Twitter uh, post ends up him getting asked about several of these things. That's one I'd be curious to know what his thought process was, why he came off of that, went to Gunner on the other side. Now, to his credit, they ran that a couple of quarters later, I believe. And it's going the same direction too, which is normally you see that stuff kind of flipped, but they did flip the, uh, the they flipped the sides on that Mm -hmm. and mixed up the, uh, Mixed up the uh, the alignment and 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 uh, uh, grouping, I think a little bit there, and ran little slightly different uh, uh, route uh, combination, maybe to 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 widen it a little bit there. But 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 there was actually it looked like a little less room than what he had in that first throw. But he drilled he drilled the second one to uh, to to George Pickens on on basically what you could call the same play there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there are, you know, maybe a few other instances. I, we both at the same time you were in my computer last night. I don't appreciate that.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh I'm hacking in Dave like an, like that, a bad on, 90s movie
0: on that underneath, uh, on that underneath crosser to, to, to Calvin Austin there, man, if he puts, I'm not saying that that goes to the house, but I would like to have seen what would happen if you, if you would have hit Calvin Austin in stride there and, and let him turn it up. You know,
1: I, I got uh, some pushback. People blaming Austin for that. I think that's on picket. I don't know your thoughts, Dave.
0: I thought it was on Pickett too. Yeah, I mean, he he was behind him. That's a tough catch. I mean, yeah, people. I I can see people saying, "Well, he's got to, you know, he got to, he's got to catch that." Okay, well, if he catches that, he's probably diving backwards and on yeah. the ground and all like that. But I mean, I to prevent all that happen, just hit the hit the kid. In the he could have got that ball out quicker too. It feels like, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. To me, that, that's a layup. That's a shallow cross. Pockets good. Austin's, you know, no one's within three, three, four, five yards of him. I mean, that that's a seven on seven type of throw. And yeah, maybe Austin should have made the catch. His catch radius is, is really small. You kind of have to really throw it. You know, between the numbers, but even if he makes the catch, he's slowing down. He's turning back. It's hurting his yak. I mentioned last year. I thought Pickett was not as good as people thought. And some of those crossing routes and out and out routes and stuff where, you know, receivers had to consistently turn back for the football. And I'm not seeing the improvement there this year.
0: Yeah, he's he's. We talked about this the other day, right? He's, he it it doesn't seem like so it feels like his decision making his clocks a little bit off. I I almost wonder if he is. Tr- pressing a little bit, trying to be too perfect. Maybe I, you know, and thinking about some things too much.
1: I think that's valid. I mean, it's hard to say for sure, obviously, but I think that that might be one component of it. Um, I think he's just missing some layups. I mean, if you just hit the layups, his game's going to look, you know, twice as good as it does right now. I mean, I, again, I can't pinpoint exactly what the problem is, but I just wrote down three things uh, of just some random thoughts last night as, as I was going through the tape. Um, a, they're just bad on first down. They're 28th in the NFL and first on yardage right now. And so when you're that, you're in second and long, but you're in third and long, you're just never really getting into a flow of a drive. Um, B, there is no run game, not to absolve Pickett completely, but when you have, you know, just a horrific run game, that's doing nothing. It's really not aiding a second year quarterback. And then C, and, and probably more on Pickett, he loves to take the one-on-one sideline shots. it has got that Ben mentality of that's where he wants to put the ball and defenses are not letting him do that. There is no back shoulder throw. There is no jump ball downfield. Defenses are playing soft, they're playing off, they're keeping everything in front. And I don't think Pickett's as comfortable when he's not able to make some of those, you know, cover one, one v one, let your guy go get it, type of plays.
0: How many, how many times through like the first uh two and a half games that Pickett played last year, did did we see those back shoulders to 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 George? Six. Oh, a
1: ton. A ton. I don't know how many it was, but I mean, he t- he took it every opportunity that he could and, and and right on him because Pickens is the guy you want to throw to like that.
0: Right. And I, you know, we have, I don't think we've seen him hit one of those yet, right?
1: Even attempted one. I mean, mostly because it's just not been there. The corners have been playing off. It seems, you know, 49ers played a bunch of cover three, cover four. The Browns are playing. I mean, they would, they would roll up kind of in some press man situations, but they'd also, you know, play their corners off quite a bit.
0: Uh look this is this is multi-layered and you know even if Pickett okay you know we talk about uh Pickett you know not hitting some of these that that uh that he probably should there needs to be more of these for him to hit <laughs> uh you know but uh I you know it would it would change the per, uh uh the overall perception I think of some things if he would have hit another three or four of these coming out of the first two games. But uh, uh, once again, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of the same you know, basic stuff and uh, Matt Canada, when he talks on Thursday, he's going to say, yeah, there's some stuff there that, that Kenny can hit. No, and, and I've got to do a better job and Kenny's got to do, we all got to do a better job. We got to execute better. That's on me and all like that. And, and you know, it's, it's the same old thing. And yeah, you know, I, you know, we're not, it's hard to believe at this point we're going to see m- massive improvements schematically. It's going for for there to be improvement offensively, I feel at this point is going to be more of an execution thing.
1: Sure. And I, I don't know if I had a huge issue with the pass game schematics in this game. I'm still a little bit frustrated by how independent these routes can be. And it's been a lot of just kind of counting on the guy to win his one-on-one matchup. But going through the tape, I honestly didn't think that the, the pass concepts were a real issue. I thought some of the run game stuff was funkier and some of the perimeter stuff was kind of you know beating your head against the wall. But I don't know if I'd sit there and really blame the passing game play calls as a huge issue for why Pickett struggled. All right, Dan Orlovsky, do, do you feel the same on that, though? I mean, is there something that you saw that you said this this, this pass concept is really not putting Pittsburgh in a good position just in this game?
0: Just in this game? I mean, he missed yeah. some throws. I mean, he missed some throws that, that could have made this a lot better.
1: Right, so you so you're in agreement. I mean, in terms, I mean, again, there's some things I, I like to see better. I, I think the route concepts are still just kind of lazily all one v one. But what do you think?
0: I I, ju- I think it's a common uh, an equal combination of the two. Uh, overall, I mean, I'd like to see more switch routes. I'd like to see, you know, I mean, look, he and we went over the numbers the other day. Even on the shorter stuff, he he wasn't hitting. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, I think there is probably some more work to be done to design guys open. I mean, I think I think his best play call Canada's was was that 30 yarder completion to Jalen Warren. That's a beautiful play call that's designed to get him open. And, and it did.
0: I mean, I I guess you're asking me to absolve Canada a little a, a, a little less, I, I guess, to some degree. Because, I mean, it,
1: you're I'm just asking for your thoughts. I'm just asking what you thought, what you think.
0: I I think it's equally on both of them uh, to this point right now. And once again, I, I, you know, if you make some of these plays, it's going to really change, change the shape of games. And and even if you're able to run the football, uh, well, you have to run it much better at this point. But, you know, I think all of it coincides with each other.
1: Sure. I mean again, it's not either or, it's both and I want to make that super clear. But I think Pickett's just missing a lot. I think defenses are there advocating. have there have
0: there have been a good nine throws, I think, at at a minimum that that Kenny could have made that probably were 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 game impacting throws.
1: In these first two games combined, right, you're saying right. yeah, that's probably fair. Um yeah, and I I, again, I I just can't explain or really understand why he's struggling with some of the basic stuff. I mean, he's. I mean, I was I
0: was good to see them come back to that play again that we talked about. That you know, and then even mix it up a little bit. I mean, they're going the same way, but they they, at least they flip sides of where to play play. Uh, 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 you know where, where the route combination was on that they did mix up the formation a little bit and the yard the yardage wasn't exact. You know, as far as down and distance, I mean, it was close. But I mean, that's how they build these play sheets, though, right? You know, you're you're looking at situations, you're looking at of uh, uh, field position, down distance, uh, game situation, how far behind you are, and all like that. So I, I think Canada did everything that he could do when going back to that play to see if they could make it successful again. And right. I, I think and they, there are instances in these first two games where he is, is t- attempted to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we saw that in the 49ers game with some of those shallow cross, you know, post route combinations. They thought they could hit that early in that game because Pickens got one B one. They went back to it. It got covered up. The pass was, in, was incomplete. Um, but yeah, this was a good example of okay, we we had this thing open earlier. Let, let's let's go back to it. So and it was good to see Pickett hit that and and, and drill that one. So that that's small, encouraging sign, but obviously need a, a whole lot more of that.
0: It wasn't as boring. I don't, I didn't think offensively with the pass schematics in the game against the the Browns as it was that that opener.
1: Correct. Although, t- to be fair, when you have a closer, more competitive game, you know, your your games, the game script is a little bit friendlier to to opening up your playbook um, a bit. So yeah, I mean, again, there's things you can certainly look at. I think, again, the run game, some really questionable choices in, in play calling in design there, and some stuff in the past game to to tweak, but I think it started more with, I, I think it was more on Kenny Pickett than Matt Canada, to be honest, in terms of the past game concepts. Uh, Of why this passing game struggled.
0: Okay, that's fair. How many second and five or shorters has this team
1: been in this year, Alex? I mean, they are the 28th ranked uh, team in offense on first down. So they're in second and long. They're actually, their third down rate is not that bad. They're kind of maybe about average, maybe a bit below in third down distance to go. So they're not terrible offenders in those situations, but. Uh, They probably aren't in many second and fives because they're averaging, I think I have the number somewhere, it's like 4.7 yards per play on first down.
0: Let's see here if I can pull this up. You might have killed just enough time for me. (laughs) I was trying
1: to to vamp there a little bit. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I was checking the numbers and this this has been a theme and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. They're buried in my scribbled in my notes somewhere, but under Canada, they've been among the NFL's worst offenses on first down every single year. I think they were 31st one year, 32nd one year, and they're currently 28th through two games of this year. So they're just a bad first down team. And that's putting themselves behind the eight ball pretty early in drives.
0: Uh, Second down between one and five yards to go. 10 plays. And the Raiders are at, uh, there's only two teams, uh, worse than they are in those situations. The Bengals with nine and the Cardinals at nine. It's not an area yeah. uh, that's not that based on, that's not where you want to be, obviously in these rankings here. So look, if they could, uh, you know, it all starts on first down, uh, well, we're, we're high level analysis there, uh. But if they can start making some things happening and getting in, in more uh, where, where defenses are at least guessing a little bit more. And and how many third? I mean, obviously, you know, second and long and third and long situations are way too many. They're just they're just getting behind the eight balls. Right. You know, I, I, you, fi- you start figuring out some things on first down. I think the complexion will change a little bit.
1: Sure. The question is, how do you figure that out? How do you get this run game on track? Because it feels like very little is working right now. And I think teams are stacking the box. I think they're going eight-man fronts. I think they're playing a lot of cover threes. They're not getting beat deep. The corners are playing off. They're stopping the run. They're getting plus one on the box count. So what do you do? How do you solve that?
0: (laughs) You're just going to have to, with Will, I think. Uh, right. you, you're going you're going to have to execute up front he and sometimes i think they're they're out thinking themselves on, on some first downs and coming out throwing they came out throwing again uh uh in in in, in and he, comp- what was the first one uh to to uh alan robinson wasn't it
1: oh yeah the sprint out the first play of right. the
0: right right i mean I, i'm fine with that i mean get And that's Mm -hmm. maybe that's why they did. Let's get four or five yards. You know, let's, uh, well, well then do that more on, on first downs, uh, you know, until teams start taking away from it, from, from you, you know?
1: Sure. But this, the Seals want to run the ball. Their whole off season was built around. We want to run the ball. And and you had the, the, the good quip. This team wanted to play bully ball and they are doing anything, but playing bully ball right now. And so they want to run the ball. They need to establish the run and it's not happening. And I don't know what they're, what are they gaining on runs on first down? That's got to be a, a pretty ugly number. I mean, maybe it's inflated by maybe one of the explosive runs. I don't know when those came, but I mean, I imagine their first down run production. I'm going to look it up here for, as we talk is, is among the worst in football.
0: Yeah. I, I, I would imagine uh, you are right there. I mean, you do have a couple of, uh, you know, you've got of all these, of all these 96 net yards they have. Don't uh, uh, doesn't Najee have, uh, two,
1: two two explosive two, runs two, he's got
0: two, yeah two explosive runs within there
1: he's got more 20 plus yard runs this year than he had all last year despite the Steelers run game being just terrible uh um, right. let's try to see where Pittsburgh is at yeah they're averaging 3.2 yards per carry on first down runs that is not the worst in football it's around I don't know 27th or so in the league the Rams are the worst at 2.5 do, do
0: you have the play-by-play down there how uh uh how many? Was there any explosive runs in that in that set?
1: I can check if you just give me one second here. For because we're still
0: obviously dealing with a, a, a fairly small sample size overall.
1: Sure. Probably not then, if they're if they're that low. Um, there's not been many first down runs. Has it really been that few? I'm not sure. Maybe getting a, a data set in here uh, incorrect. Uh, give me one more second. I have All to right. refine the data, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is the run game. I, I really think they should run more, more gap scheme. I think they, I mean, you got, you got, you, you signed two guards the last two offseasons and Daniels and say Malu. I mean, they're athletic guys, they're physical guys. Should be able to run the ball with them. It mm-hmm. uh, looks like actually Najee Harris does have, he's got a 21 yarder and a 17 yarder on first and 10. So how, how,
0: many, how many total first and 10 runs?
1: Uh, Looks like. From running backs, 12, and Pickett has three. Those might be some kneel downs or some other stuff going on there.
0: All right, so it's been kind of feast. Uh, you know, you've had a couple of feasts and a whole lot of uh, – a little bit more famine.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're averaging 3.2 yards despite having a 21-yarder and a 17-yarder to skew the numbers, and they're still right. among the worst in football. I mean, if you look at how many negative plays they've had on first and 10 runs, okay, we take out the kneel downs. They've had three of their – uh, well, what, what did I say? Three of their 12 runs by running backs have been negative in terms of losing yardage. They've had two others go for no gains. And so five of their 12 have either been no gains or yards lost on first and 10 runs, which is just, you know, terrible ways to start a possession or start a first down.
0: Right. So uh, the, the focus this week should be not that it wasn't the last two, two weeks, but I, I would hyper focus on, on, on 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 first down we have got to get you know 4 or 5 or more yards on first down what can we do to do that either in yeah. the run game or 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 the quick pass game or, or what have you
1: 100% with you Dave and and the Raiders defense on paper nothing is easy in the NFL but i think it's an easier defense easier front than what they dealt with with San Francisco and Cleveland so you better my point is you better just show it up this week there's no excuses right all right, uh, what, what positives here from the offense? George Pickens, I think his route tree, his yak, really been impressive, which is good because teams are really denying him vertically. He's not able to run you know the, the go balls that he did all last year. Defenses aren't dummies. They, they know what Pickens' MO is with Johnson being up. Pickens is the guy to try to take away. And so obviously he got you know open on that 71-yard touchdown, but it's good to see him refine his game because I think the George Pickens of last year would have struggled mightily because the, the vertical nine routes are just not there for him.
0: I, I I would agree, and uh, w- at least one of the positive takeaways in here so far uh, is the fact. And and look, Deontay on 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 the play that he went down with a hamstring injury had some good yak there. We uh, we have fortunately seen when when there have been some completed passes, there 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 be some yak attached to it, and that's one of the things we were. We definitely needed to see how this offense moving into 2023. That uh, didn't get enough of in 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 in, in well the last two seasons, to be honest with you. There, but uh, uh, at least we are seeing some yak when they are getting some stuff complete. They just need to complete more of those. Again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, obviously.
1: I'm really surprised though, and maybe I missed it. I didn't see one double move in that game, those sluggos, and I thought for sure they would have run one because they were calling so many slants in that game. Okay. So that's probably one more critique on Canada for something he didn't do, the absence of something. He ran in all those slants. The Browns are pretty aggressive. They're jumping some of those routes. And uh, that would have been a time to at least attempt a double move. Maybe it doesn't work, but at least attempt it and and get vertical for a big play.
0: Okay, I would agree.
1: Any other thoughts here for the offense? some of that in. Yeah, I mean, I I think... Just in terms of the run game to go back to that, you know, you're trying to get some extra in the line and has to start with them. But the tight end blocking, I don't think it's been that great either. Fry moves is not giving you really anything. You know, Washington with angles and down blocks can be effective, but I think on some of these base blocks he got blown back at least on on one play there. So, you know, it's always small things. It's always kind of this guy just did this better, this guy did this better, this run would have worked. Um, but there's just this is a lot of sloppiness too. I mean, I've just yep. you got you got it on a play action, he steps on Najee's leg and they almost falls and was that the one he
0: slipped on? I, I I looked at that two or three times where he had to put his hand on the ground. Mm-hmm. Did, he, did he hit he Najee on that or was that a a, a slip?
1: No, he stepped on Najee's foot. Najee okay. almost stumbled too. And and so that's that. They tried to run crunch and I forget what happened. I think Dan, I think maybe Najee stepped on Dan Moore's leg or something like that. It was, it had a chance or I think Washington stumbled or some, just dumb stuff like that. Just little things. I mean, run game is all about cleaning up the the little things and executing the details. You do that. You're going to get some big plays and it's just, just not detail oriented right now.
0: All right. We'll see if they can fix it against the Raiders.
1: Yep. All right. Over to the defense. Now, Dave, what are your takeaways going back to the all 22
0: uh, defense against the run getting pushed around way too much. Uh, missed gaps, uh, uh, again, tackling bad. Uh, my, my thoughts overall, uh, coming out of what, what we talked about just yesterday. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't that I was that enlightened by by completing going through all the all twenty two on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought the Browns had a good game plan, especially early. And again, I'm not through the entire all twenty two. I'm basically through the first half. But they spread the field out. Pittsburgh was a nickel, and the Browns were able to get good double teams with that, that big physical offensive line. They could climb with the linebackers. They were really getting hats on people. Pittsburgh couldn't get off of blocks. There was some probably some run fit issues. But I thought the Browns had a good. Did a good job early of, of putting Pittsburgh in, in nickel and taking the nose tackle out and just securing strong double teams. You get Chubb into the second level and you know he's gonna do some damage. Okay. Uh other thoughts here. Um yeah, any thoughts on the on the corner play or the secondary play as you kind of watch this one back, Dave?
0: Uh, for as bad as Levi Overall, there was some. I, th- I thought there was some good coverages downfield, particularly one uh, on that one. Who was it against? Uh, uh, Moore down the left side. I thought he was in. I, the ball was actually completed, but it was uh, out, out out of bounds. I thought mm-hmm. he did a. I thought he was real sticky on that play. So I thought that was a good uh, rep there. But overall, uh, it hasn't been a great start to the season for really for uh, any cornerback not named Joey Porter Jr and obviously there's only been 21 defensive snaps with Joey Porter on the field uh so what does that tell you if you're saying okay the the, the best corner play so far through two games is, is 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 a rookie
1: yeah i mean i think you know i i really in watching the L22 I benefited from this, but the third down breakup that he had early in the game, I mean, he's playing off coverage. I think Pittsburgh's in cover three on that play in a transition, and flip your hips and drive. Now, those are things that aren't necessarily in his wheelhouse. He's usually a press man type of corner, get hands on early, as he did on the fourth down play to, to, to win the game. But that, that third and eight breakup to me might have been more impressive just because it was him doing stuff that he hasn't done a lot of. And that's hopefully a, a sign of things to continue.
0: Uh, you got too many, you know, the, the Levi Walls cutback we talked about the other day. It, just, it feels like you got people trying to do too much. You know, just everybody do your job. Uh, and. You know, I, I I thought Holcomb played a pretty good game overall, but I think there was even a snap or two where uh, he's got getting pushed around a, a lot there, especially early in that game. You could see him getting worked off of the line of scrimmage against, obviously, a very good Cleveland Browns offensive line. Uh, the yards after, you know, once again. And and look, I mean, Ford came into the game and still, you know, ran ran pretty good as well, too. But it was really evident early in that game Uh you know, they, they were getting hands on Nick Chubb uh, within, it uh, felt like a yard of the line of scrimmage on a lot of those plays. Mm-hmm. It's just he ended up six, seven, eight, nine, twelve 12 yards down the field still.
1: Yeah, I still got to go through all the tape on that. But as I mentioned yesterday, I think there were, if you just, Made the stops that you had stopped essentially, where the running back looks like he's dead to rights, and you just make those plays. And even if you give the Browns everything else that they got in this game, your run defense, you probably allow 100 yards in that game instead of the the 198 that they did. So, again, it's just details. Run defense is so much about details, just effort, details, you know, a little bit of technique. And if you do all those things, your run defense is at least not going to suck. It's going to be decent. And they're just missing out on some of those things right now.
0: They really, and, and, yeah, I understand the Raiders have Josh Jacobs and all like that. But I mean, this, this is a, you know, you talk about the first two teams versus a, a, a team like the Raiders when it, when it comes to the running attack. I mean, if they can't re, what I'm getting at is I, I really am expecting a rebound, uh, at least in the run defense when it comes to, uh, this week against the Raiders. And if, if they don't, don't have that, then you kind of wonder, well, you know, how, how much more. Yeah, you what know, what's the progress going to look like moving forward?
1: Yeah, I mean they shut down Jacobs last year, but that was with Cam Hayward. And I just don't know how good I mean the run defense without Cam, I think it's not it's not gonna be good. Can it just be not a killer? And that's kind of my goal right now. I'm not not quite sure how close they're gonna get to that point. Would you two gap more? I mean you have some guys that can penetrate, though. Like, mon Adams is not a two-gapping kind of guy. You know, Joby can get upfield. So, I mean, you mix it. Hey, maybe you put
0: Fajoko on and, and, and two-gap some.
1: Sure. Yeah, he's not one-gapping. That's for sure. I mean, it, you know, it may depend on on the guys that you have and the game plan, uh, the opponent that you're facing and all that kind of stuff. Um, what do you think about a guy like Montrevious Adams? Though? He's, a, he's a hard guy to figure out. He's just kind of an atypical <laughs> body type and player in the middle.
0: i Look, I, for, for the longest time during the off, during, during the 53 man prediction process, I had him off. Right. Right. You know, uh, and, and for the main reason is we, I think we, I mean, I, it's clear. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's at his ceiling and has been at his ceiling. So that was one of the reasons why I kind of thought, you know, maybe, maybe they might, might move on, on from him before the 53, but I, I you know, as, I don't think you're going to get any more out of them than what you're getting out of them now. Now, he did have some good pass rush uh, snaps, mm-hmm. uh, as I noted uh, in this game against the Browns. But against the run, there's just too many instances of him, A, either getting turned out or B, backed up three yards.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he's, he's a penetrator. You're right. He got used in sub package quite a bit in the past rush with him with Oban Joby. I thought was effective overall. He runs at the football. He's a really good athlete. I mean, he he tried to hawk down McCaffrey again if his touchdown run in week one. There was a play, I think, Deshaun Watson, a weird scramble where Adams is running. I mean, this guy's a good athlete, but Saw you know, Larry,
0: this, Larry on the hoof on one of them. That foot's, that, that foot's looking good coming <laughs> out, out of that game.
1: Or some of just adrenaline, maybe just pure yeah. adrenaline there. But yeah, I mean, I think but but I mean, do they have guys though that can take on a double team and anchor? I don't know if they have that guy right now anywhere. I mean, you know, Hayward was that guy, and of course, he's now removed. I mean, who is the guy that can just hold a point of attack against the run? Fahoko can be that guy. I think that's why he got the call up, um, but who else can join him?
0: Yeah, that's a good question.
1: Because Leal Liao, Liao can win one-on-one. He can get a field a little bit. He can't anchor. Joby's not really an anchor type of dude, probably better right. than most of these guys. Adams isn't that guy. I think Benton's still got work to do as a rookie. Watts haven't seen a lot out of him, just haven't had not a lot of exposure. Um, loudamoke really is supposed to be that guy to me, he's not really that guy, so you just don't have the guys that can really anchor in and you know hold the point of attack against the run.
0: Well, you're definitely missing. I mean, well, that goes out yeah. saying, missing, missing cam up front,
1: right? So, does Voco dress in this game? I know we're early in this this thought and we, we got to see the injury report and all that, but
0: all right, well, we, we don't know, obviously as far as elevations, but let's work off of a 53 right now. Mason Rudolph's going to be down. Dylan Cook's probably going to be down. hmm Uh,
1: that's Fitzpatrick. A, a Porter, wide receiver. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver is going to be down one of one of those two.
1: Uh, we get Desmond King a hat. Maybe a good run stuff in Nickel might help this week. But yeah, the a lot, lot of be people down.
0: upset about him not getting a helmet yet. But uh look, I uh, yo, uh, say what you will about sh- uh, Shandon Sullivan, but uh what a bad I didn't think it was an overly bad game against against Cleveland.
1: I mean he slipped on the touchdown to Ford. That was mm-hmm. his guy. I mean, he had the breakup that you mentioned on that nickel blitz that would have been probably a big play to Cooper, but he gave up the touchdown. Was it a bad game? I don't know, but you allowed a to touchdown on that one.
0: A corner is going to be down. Yeah. So is so that, it is it is it King or is it Sullivan?
1: Yeah. Who knows? It'll be one and of
0: then them. Then who 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 would your fifth one be?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you typically would think it's going to be a defense lineman. How did Watts play? I really haven't gone through the tape enough to get a comfortable evaluation. I, I didn't now, zero on in
0: on him. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. How many snaps did he
1: get? I mean, he didn't get. I didn't feel like milk was getting a lot of snaps either. I don't know the exact uh, counts on those guys. Watts played 22 snaps. What did milk have in this game? He was he was kind of losing some snaps. 14 kinda, for milk.
0: Yeah, 14 yeah. for milk.
1: He played 31 in the opener against the 49ers. I mean, I think he's mainly a base guy, and so when Pittsburgh was in a fair amount of sub package, then then his role is going to be kind of reduced. So maybe that was the reason why.
0: So more than likely, a defensive lineman is going to be down then.
1: Yeah, but I still contend if your run defense is this this much of an issue, let's have all those guys active and in there, and I don't know who the uh, odd man out elsewhere would be. Maybe an injury would dictate that, but, I mean, you need – if it's a by-committee, all-hands-on-deck approach to replace Cam Hayward, and it is as it should be, then let's have all-hands-on-deck, and I mean that literally. All right. Any other thoughts here, Dave, going through the all-22 of this game?
0: No, I think we've hit on most of it there.
1: All right. So anything else here for us to talk about? I'm kind of losing my notes in my place here. Um, am, I, am I missing anything? Ben had his uh, podcast that came out yesterday. Taught, He's a big you know, Dan Moore fan, isn't he? It was, did you, how, how did you think Dan Moore held up against Miles Garrett?
0: Uh, all right.
1: Was it as good as people think, or was it as bad as PFF says? It's kind I of think it's
0: somewhere here. in the middle in yeah, there.
1: I think you're right. I, I thought he was... Garrett didn't, didn't kill you, but I mean, more was not, you know, shutting down miles Garrett. Garrett had a lot of quick wins where if the ball was held for a second longer, whatever the case is, um, he would have lost those reps. All right. Um, yeah. So those are my thoughts there. Anything else? Any other final things? I've not gotten to special teams yet, but I'm sure Harvin obviously, you know, I thought punted pretty well.
0: Yeah. Uh, they, they need more of that moving forward. A nice hold on that one field goal that we talked about to get that turn around there. All right. Shall we get to some of these, uh, reader emails here?
1: Yep, let's get to some reader emails and close out today's show.
0: Uh, Brandon talks about uh, Godwin uh, being the new kick returner, question mark, placeholder till McFarland comes back. Gunner made one of the stupidest, play, stupidest plays. Uh, he'll get uh, confused and let them. I don't know what he's saying. I, I yelled, you idiot, so loud when he talked about Gunner there. Yeah, look, I I, I think there's a good ch- uh, chance you see Godwin uh, up and probably Gunner Olszewski down, and maybe Des Fitzpatrick gets a helmet this week. Obviously, uh, concussion protocol, we'll have to see that how that plays out here Uh better third down from uh jay who was better on third downs pittsburgh's offense or defense
1: Who was better on third downs is this right. sarcastic uh, i mean i think the browns i forget the stats but neither team i don't think was very good on third down offensively in this game so. No, he says pittsburgh's
0: offense or or defense
1: yeah, I mean, I'm saying Pittsburgh's okay. defense probably because right. the Browns were. Were the Browns on third down? They were five to sixteen. Pittsburgh was four or fourteen. So I think the match just tells you that it was Pittsburgh's defense.
0: Uh, Brian Tallini, uh, in reference to Brian Baldinger's breakdown of our two-point conversion attempt, what in the world is going on with our offensive line? What is our why does our offensive line look like they are playing defense and almost reacting to what the defense did, did? He says, I heard bully ball all offseason. This is anything but. Yeah, look, I mean, that was, was a horrible execution on that two-point conversion try.
1: What did Baldy say? I didn't see the breakdown. Did, you, did you
0: he uh just it? uh I, it's hard to put into words, uh, but he—he, he I, I don't think he liked the, 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 the scheme overall, the blocking scheme.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it felt like they were trying to kind of just bury the Browns D lineman so Nashi could leap over the top. I don't know how much of that is design and just how much of that is how the play unfolded, but obviously did not get the result that you wanted.
0: Chris Lookhart writes in, good morning. I want to bring up uh, my question I asked before the first regular season game about how I thought this offense doesn't perform. It would mess up their confidence. I uh, said, what scared me was the fact uh, they faced no adversity. They played perfectly. Do you think a little adversity in the preseason could have helped deal with the God awful start? In other words, were they too perfect? Were they, were they riding too high on confidence and didn't face enough adversity in those, what was it? 15, 15 mm. plays.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I made mention of this, there were going to be some obstacles during the year and the NFL is good about humbling you. And yeah, I mean, in hindsight, maybe a little diversity would have been nice, but I mean, is it really going to change the scope of things that much? Probably not.
0: Okay, uh, I would agree. Uh, where is my placeholder here? Uh, led, lead legs, Najee, uh, let's talk Najee Harris, answer me these questions. What does Najee Harris do better in, in any area of the game as a running back than Jalen Warren? Is it safe to say that based on where Najee was drafted, that going into year three, three, we're getting close to a narrative where Najee is considered a draft bust. If he were a fourth or fifth round running back, fine, but we are talking about a first round pick based on what I'm seeing. He looks incredibly slow with next to no burst to the line and does not run with power to match his measurables. Granted offensive line has been played playing below the line, one of the worst starting running backs in the league right now, a couple of explosive runs in the first two games, but he looks slow, and I'm not impressed. Uh, what say you? I'll say this. <laughs> He's got two explosive runs, uh, but outside of that, that's been it for for, uh, for him, and yeah, it's only two games into the season, but the fifth-year option ain't looking great right now.
1: Yeah, I'm not really thinking about that too much right now. I mean, I think I think he's got a little too much hate. I mean, it's not like Jalen Warren is tearing up the run game. I mean, these are just baseline stats, but Harris has 4.6 yards per carry, five first downs on 16 carries, 37.5 run success rate, which is not good, but Jalen Warren is averaging 2.9 yards per carry, one first down on nine attempts a 33.3 run success rate, and Najee has the two explosive plays. I mean, if, if, if Jalen Warren makes that crazy cutback play that Harris did, we're all talking about how amazing Jalen Warren is. Listen, I love Jalen Warren. I think he's a really fun back. I think he's explosive. And we, they, they, we literally had the conversation I brought up before the season began about what does Harris do better than Warren. So we've mm. talked about that before. Uh, but I just don't want to pretend like Warren is tearing it up in the run game. And Najee's not. Najee has a 24 yard run, a 17 yard run, and a 21 yard run with an offensive line that is not blocked well. And Warren doesn't have those. So and he's making plays in the pass game. And I love Warren on third down as the receiving back. That's a great role for him. It should continue. But I think we're kind of forgetting about some of the actual positivity that Harris has and kind of blinding out some of the negative numbers that Warren has as well.
0: I think we're uh I think where where Warren really has excelled at is in the passing game so far this season. You know.
1: Yeah. I had the big catch. And again, I think that 30 yard set reception he had was just great scheme. But I mean, I mean, you know, Warren made the play. Um, and Warren also had that blown blown up pass uh, blitz pickup. They the got Kenny sat. So, I mean, again, I, I think the roles are fine. Um, I think people have kind of swung a little bit too hard uh, on the uh, on the Warren Harris debate.
0: Look, the whole running game's just been crap. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean that.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, that's period. True. Now, look, I, you know, I, I, I obviously, you know, me and fungibility in a running back position and all like that. Uh, I I. Uh, i all, the only thing I'll say about Najee uh, so far through these first two games is at least he's at least he's healthy and B at least he does have those two explosive runs. Man, you take those things away. Uh, you know, w- what are we looking at with uh, with this offense right now? Uh, I'm I people know my thoughts. I don't hate Najee, the player. I just don't think he should have been drafted in the first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about my assessment? Though? I mean, Warren. I'm not blaming Warren for the lack of run success. They really haven't been there, but it's not again. Warren is averaging under three yards per carry. No, it no, it, no. That. It's
0: it's it's not enough right now. Where you where where Warren becomes your lead back? No.
1: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
0: No. Now we'll see how things transpire, but I mean, it's going to take a lot for them to 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 move in that direction and do something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. just not what they do. You know. Uh, Michael from Edinburgh, when every when everyone has been calling for Matt Canada's firing, I've been saying it's early, it's Kenny's second year, surely Canada's offense will really develop and, and prove he is the right guy for the OC job. After watching the three play series, he called with the third down play. What, what's your thought, thoughts on that third play, a uh, third down play after going back again?
1: The third and one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You know, like I mentioned, I thought there was good. I thought initially there was a shovel component to it because they've run that kind of scheme a lot. I, I don't think there was. I think that's a design run for Pickett if he pulls the ball. I don't know what other options he has. Can he hand it off to Najee? Can he, excuse me, can he give it to Calvin Austin on that play? Maybe. Um, I mean, it was, you know, a weird play call, maybe being too cute. I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I'm one to, to criticize Canada, but I know if it works, people talk about how great of a play that it was.
0: Well, they'll criticize wouldn't... it and say they, you know, good good thing, you know, good thing Kenny got that or, you know, or, or something like that. You know, it, it's going to be slanted against the offensive coordinator just because of the call in and of itself.
1: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, Regardless of other,
0: it's that. like going for it on fourth down,
1: right? Sure. <laughs> or a trick play that doesn't work. You know, one of those. I mean, hey, listen, I mean, you can I know under, I understand why to criticize it because, you know, it, it's a kind of pull this, this rabbit out of your hat there in a big time moment. I'd like to know what Allen Robinson was doing on that. Play kind of glitches out. I think he just kind of standing there and The controller sure came ca-
0: controller <laughs> came unplugged or something there. Yeah, I think look, he's
1: supposed to crack. I don't know. The guy came down pretty pretty quick there.
0: Look, if you got to resort to that uh, to to pick up one yard, what does it say about your confidence in a run game? I mean, you can't That's you, a good point. You can't you can't freaking lace them up and run straight ahead and get one, you know? Yeah.
1: That's a fair point.
0: Uh, so that would be my biggest criticism of it. You know, w- w- why turn to something like that uh, when when it, when you're talking about just needing one yard? You know, what what does it say about your confidence in, in, in the whole run game that you have to run something like that? That's fair. O- but obviously, I mean- if he picks it up and they, they kill out the game, then, oh, yeah, okay. N- nobody's probably talking as much about that play. But because it didn't work and you have to, you know, you put the game in the balance after that, it's obviously it becomes a talking point.
1: Yeah. And the run game has struggled. If the run game was doing a great job, then it'd be a really bad play call, but they've struggled to get a yard. So I can, at least at a baseline level, understand why they're trying to do something kind of creative to pick up that that key yard.
0: Richard Jamison writes in, which is more likely during the remainder of this season: someone other than Mike Can- uh, uh, Matt Canada. Uh, he has Mike Canada. Matt Canada will make the offensive play calls, or number two, the Steelers will bench Kenny Pickett in favor of Mitch Trubisky. I realize that never, uh, neither is very likely, but there, but there is pre- precedent for each. He says, "Is there pre- precedent precedent for each?" I mean, other than Mitch getting benched. I mean, which. You got a first rounder behind you, you know. Yeah, and
1: then in terms of play calling change, I'm not sure when that happened. Uh, I guess the Canada thing is more likely, but I'm not really thinking about either of those things right now.
0: Yeah, pe- people just what people are at the point where they just want us to tell them something. I think to latch onto is hope.
1: Yeah, I mean the hope you is know? they're they're one and one. You beat the Raiders. You get the Texans on tap. I'm not going to assume anything, especially playing on the road, but. You know, two quote unquote easier teams, easier defenses. You're going to win. You know, hopefully you can weather this storm with a couple of victories along the way and get right on the other side.
0: I'll read one more here from Tim Parker. I understand uh, that there is little to no chance the Steelers will replace Canada midseason, but let's pretend it happens like aliens from outer space. Uh, it doesn't seem like the, a new OC midseason can install a new offense. So what type of things could we expect from a new new OC tweaks to the current offense change in play calling? It seems either way they would be stuck with the crappy playbook and would have to wait until next off season to install better offense. I, I think you answered your own question, Tim.
1: Yeah, you said it well. I mean, you can add some tweaks in the way that you call plays and the game flow and all that can be different under a different person but you're not making you know sweeping changes to your offense
0: you know maybe change up some route combinations a little bit but i mean you kind of are what you are at this point right
1: essentially i mean you know again fresh new especially an internal guy um, which is what it would be obviously if they're going to replace canada so i mean there would be some changes i wouldn't say it's the same copy and paste thing but it's not going to be sweeping reform
0: all right anything else before uh we 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 get out of here
1: No, we'll come back on Friday and uh, preview the Raiders game and have scouting reports ready and all that good stuff.
0: I'm trying to, e- uh, effort, uh, having Vinny back on. Remember Vinny, he's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we've had him on a couple of times since, uh, uh, last couple of times they played the Raiders here. So that's kind of what we're efforting for Friday. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot, follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. follow the show at terrible podcast, email the show, the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, Steeders Depot.com hit the donate button up right navigation bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, Steeders hit. The ad free button up right navigational bar. So until Friday, thank you, thank you, thank you. Had a great uh, 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 day on the site there on 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 Tuesday. Uh, listenership's been great. We can't can't thank uh, all of you enough uh, for participating with us. So uh, until Friday, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.